Lord, this morning we are going to uh, meditate from God's word from the book of Luke on the uh, prayer practice in the gospel of Luke. <coughs> the Bible is a fascinating book. The more you study the the more you study the Bible, the contents of the Bible, the more you will begin to appreciate its content and also the way the contents are arranged in the Bible. Careful study would help us to pick up some fine themes in the Bible and the truths in the Bible and how it runs you know, beautifully from cover to cover, either in a book or the entire Bible. One such lovely theme in the Bible, in the Gospel of Luke, is prayer. Each of the Gospel writers had a goal in their mind. And uh, Matthew, the teaching of Jesus, he was writing on the teaching of Jesus and he wanted to show to the Jewish people that Jesus is the Messiah. Mark was concentrating on the miracles of Jesus. He wanted to show to the Gentile world. Luke was emphasizing on the humanity of Jesus. And uh, John concentrated, the Gospel of John concentrated on the divinity of Jesus. So each had a proper focus and a goal in their mind. And when you read it carefully, uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to find the beautiful way how God has chosen to arrange his word for you and me. Luke has sought to express the humanity of Jesus. Luke uh, has sought to emphasize this humanity of Jesus by picking out the prayer life of Jesus. The prayer life of Jesus. And it is very peculiar to the Gospel of Luke. And the finest example in the whole Bible is Jesus and prayer, the Son of God. God who created the whole universe. Here in the human flesh, how he shows the dependence upon the Father in heaven. And what is prayer or praying? I can have the slide. Prayer or praying? Can I have the slide? Uh, it is the communion of an individual of group with God, expressed in adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. It is either an individual or a group a community coming together to express with God in adoration, confession, thanksgiving and supplication. It is the moment when the aspirations and the regrets which constitute every human life are focused in the desire of assistance or blessing from outside force. And for a Christian, it is from gone. You know, we all have aspirations, we all have regrets, and uh, these constitute our human life. And uh, we want to focus all this in the desire for assistance, either to grow more or to give up some of the things from an outside source or outside force. For you and me, it is gone. For us, it is connecting with the purposes and the power of God through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. My dear brother, my dear sister, prayer is something which can really help you and me to connect with the purposes of God for your life and my life. It can help us to connect with the power of God through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Prayer is an intense seeking of the human soul. I write this from my own experience. Prayer is an intense seeking of the human soul for God's assistance, favor, and help for something, for power, for provision, and protection, and again, to achieve the purposes of God. Prayer is not something looking inward, I, me, myself, my promotion, my security, my safety, my family. It is something more beyond that. It is through all this how the purposes of God are achieved in this world. And the, this power of God through prayer has complete supremacy. Has complete supremacy to dismantle the power structures of the evil world. Amazing. This is 
we move from a simple prayer uh, and we grow and grow and grow and then we come to a place uh, where we can seek the presence of our heart will begin to seek automatically led by the holy spirit you know in prayer to god to receive his grace so that his supremacy is there to dismantle the power structures of the evil world and let me tell you prayer has changed uh, many histories of the world <clears throat> when i was small growing up as a new christian i used to attend a lot of uh, all night prayers half night prayers in the city of chennai i grew up there and one of the things that i used to experience or observe is the constant prayer that was prayed during those days for the communist communist nations there was romania Czechoslovakia, there was china there was russia uh, soviet union and uh, we used to get a lot of information through a magazine called i'm sure you know tortured for christ all that was happening in those uh, uh, iron curtain countries we used to pray we used to pray much that god will dismantle those powers i never knew what it was what was the uh, what was the force behind working but everybody were praying i also used to pray we used to gather together like young people and pray but a time came in the 90s 89 onwards to 1991 we saw the whole power structure of the soviet union and its hold the iron curtain hold over many countries began to dismantle my dear brother my dear sister yes this power this prayer has got power to seek the supremacy of god to dismantle the power structures of the world the prayer of jesus the prayer of jesus can we see the next slide jesus prayed three times a day and jesus learned to pray from his childhood you know in the book of daniel how he prayed and uh, no david said i seek the face of god three times a day uh, that was the jewish practice they trained the children to pray and prayer prayer animated his whole ministry prayer that was learned first from the liturgical tradition of israel in the three daily hours of prayer and in the sabbath synagogue services where jesus attended you know his whole life was animated with prayer and uh, in the gospels in all the four gospels we see jesus praying at the critical moments in his life at the baptism when he was commissioned by the father for his ministry as soon as the baptism was over the bible records and jesus praying and the beautiful thing is heavens open up can it happen only for jesus no it is for you and me our prayers can open up heaven and the bible say the spirit of god descended upon jesus in the form of a dove and not only that there was a voice which said this is my beloved son listen to him hear him speak and then you find that jesus was praying the whole night in prayer to god before he chose the 12 apostles on the night before he chose his 12 apostles he spent his time in prayer at the mount of transfiguration he was praying his disciples were very tired they were sleeping but jesus was praying and then you find you he he prayed before you healed the deaf man he was god he could give a word and do it but he was uh, he was in the human flesh and he showed how he was dependent on god for the healing even before he could raise lazarus from the dead he was praying and he said lord i thank you you hear me always that was the prayer that was the relationship that he had with god and then before you ask his disciples a crucial question who do people say i am he was spending time in prayer when he taught his disciples to pray the bible says he was praying and the people observed the disciples observed they come to jesus and tell him lord teach us to pray teach us to pray and then you find that when they returned from their first mission they were all very excited and the bible says jesus spent his time in praying and the night before his passion he was he was uh, betrayed by judas 
in the garden of Gethsemane. You know, he was praying and the Bible says great drops of blood came out of his body. Okay, sweat came out as great drops of blood and fell to the ground. And also we find at the last supper, he prayed. He prayed at the last supper and also on the cross, Jesus learned to pray. My dear brother, my dear sister, Jesus, the son of God in human flesh, wanting to be with God, seek his grace, seek his assistance, seek his help. And how much more can you and I do that? I'm sure the Spirit of God will help us. Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Teach us to pray. Look at that phrase. Teach us, it does not teach us what to pray, how to pray, but teach us to pray. And I feel, I believe that we should ask God in prayer every day, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray, not teach how to pray, not teach what to pray, all that we know, but the discipline of prayer. We should ask the Holy Spirit. I always emphasize in all my messages because of my own experience. I had to depend on the Holy Spirit. I had to depend on the grace of God to be to even to pray to read the Bible. And even now when I pray for others' salvation, I say, Lord, inspire inside them the desire to read your word. Inspire inside them to pray because it has to come from God. And God will do it. And God does it. Teach us to pray. That was the cry. And the success of Jesus' ministry through his prayer life maybe prompted the disciples' request that he should teach them to pray. And Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, we read in uh, three and four different versions, uh, New King James Version. It said, then he spoke a parable to them that men not, men not always to pray and not to lose heart. And King James Version, and he spoke a parable unto them to this end that men not always to pray and not to faint. And New, New International Version, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Good News Translation says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to teach them that they should always pray and never become discouraged. Think of it, not to lose heart, not to faint, not to give up, and not become discouraged. If we have to proceed honorably in our Christian life, I don't say powerfully, I use first, let, me, let us walk honorably than powerfully. When honorably, when we walk honorably before God, glory, and to walk honorably before God, we should not lose heart, we should not faint, we should never give up, and we should never become discouraged in prayer. And Galatians 1 and verse 18, the Bible tells us, Paul writing to the Galatians, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. And next was said, then I saw none other disciples, only James, the Lord's brother. Paul stayed with Peter and then he meets James after some time. And I'm sure you would have observed the prayer life of Peter and James. The way they began to seek the face of God. It would have really taught him a lesson. Paul was a very young new Christian. He was just growing in God. And the prayer life of, I'm sure, Peter and James inspired because that transformed Paul's ministry and life and he began to be a man of prayer. And if you read that in Acts 6.4, how the disciples determined in their mind, he said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. There were so many other needs in the ministry. Imagine in the ministry, I'm not talking about in the family, I'm saying in the ministry, they had so much of needs. They said, no, this let others do. We are called to give ourselves 
continually think of the phrase that is you try to read it in all the translations i don't have time he said we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of this word if i look at it and compare it with people who have achieved a certain success in their uh, in their academics or in sports arena we read only how they took rest maybe to go to a washroom maybe to sleep in the night or maybe to have their food other than that they were dedicated to doing what they were called to do and here you find these disciples 64 acts chapter 6 and verse 4 they gave themselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word the prayer life of jesus affected a positive change and influence in the lives of the disciples and the disciples knew peter knew as a head as a leader and other apostles knew jesus as the son of god was spending time alone with god it was the word it was the prayer and i and we as people of god for prayer and word the life of jesus inspired them to be men and women of prayer the breath we have in our in our bodies it doesn't belong to you and me it belongs to god and we can be satisfied only with that breath of god you feel air normal air in your car wheel and you go to another city definitely you will not look out for nitrogen air you will look out for the ordinary air but if you had feel nitrogen when you go to another city you will go, you will look out for a place where they would full nitrogen air my dear brother my dear sister you and i are filled with the breath of god and we will never be satisfied with anything except with god's spirit coming and filling us through prayer and this morning i wanted to share with you from luke chapter uh, 11 uh onwards about the prayer uh the first one is prayer for praising god when jesus was teaching them to pray he was uh, teaching them not the formula of how to pray he was not teaching them uh, the pattern but he was telling them the principles of how to pray please understand he was telling them the principles of how to pray it was not the formula or a pattern as if you know that only god wants us to say yes we can say the lord's prayer no wrong it's good but god the spirit of god wants us to learn more why he told, why he told the disciples and taught and uh, told them this when they asked him to teach them to pray it was a pattern it was not a, or it was not a pattern it was a principle that should govern our communion with god the three things in this module first pertains to god's glory power and will will and then to our emotional physical and spiritual needs please note in this prayer in luke 11 you know it goes to show that god wants his glory power and will to be focused on and then our own emotional physical and spiritual needs and luke chapter 11 verses 1 to 2 i want to read to you the next slide one day jesus was praying in a certain place when he finished one of his disciples said to him lord teach us to pray just as john taught his disciples he said to them when you pray say father hallowed be your name your kingdom come for many <laughs> prayer is a shopping it is like a shopping yeah, list it's like a shopping list in isaiah 6 isaiah had a lofty view of god uh, giving him a sense of god's greatness majesty glory and power and that's the god that that's the god you and i worship and we can address god this god who is filled with majesty glory and power as my father in heaven our father in heaven our personal father in heaven 
Jesus is saying that is the relationship God is thinking from his end towards you and me. He's not looking at you and me as mere human beings created from the dust of the earth. We can be snuffed out easily, but he gives so much of patient hearing and he Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And uh, in John, uh, we, are, we are children of darkness. If you read 1 John 3.10, the Bible says, in this, in this the children of God and the children of devil are manifested. There are two groups. One is children of God and children of devil. But we are children of God, so we could really connect with God. We could connect with him and call him as our father. And many approach God very casually, very approach God casually. There are many times uh, recently uh, of late, I've been uh, getting some uh, messages, how some of the servants of God who had given some prophecies beginning of the years, how it has only turned upside down. It is entirely different from what, what the prophecy they said. And when they said the prophecy, this is what God told. It's really shocking. I think for the last two years, we've been hearing some of the prophecies and what happens. We are so casual. When we see men of God casual, we become casual. No, we are children of God and he's our father. We have to be very careful. And uh, here the Bible says, uh, sanctify, hallowed be your name. What does it mean to make holy, to consecrate, to sanctify? We are praying to God to sanctify his name among the people, among the nations, among the community, among the, uh, among the state, wherever we live. And here, how can God sanctify his name? We are praying to God to sanctify his name. You know, isn't it amazing? But that's what Jesus taught us. And we have an example. There are, there are many examples. I just give you one, which I'm sure all of us are familiar with. Uh, Numbers chapter 20 and verse 12. Numbers chapter 20 and verse 12. You find, and the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to uphold as holy or hallow in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I given them. You find God telling Moses, go and speak to the rock. Moses is very angry. He was very upset with the people in that moment of frustration. A great man of God, a man who could speak with God as a friend can speak. He strikes the rock twice with his rod. Water gushes out. God in his mercy brings out water, but he's a God of justice also. And he tells Aaron, you have failed to, and he tells Moses, you have failed to hallow me or show me holy in the sight of the people. You have never believed me. You have never obeyed me. You have taken my words lightly. Yes, my dear brother, my dear sister, when we pray, let our prayer be that our lives hallow, show the world God as holy the way we live. And Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2. I want to uh, give you a small short formula. It says, uh, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commands, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. I wanted to uh, uh, emphasize on two things. One is diligently obey and observe carefully. In our prayers, we can use this D-O-O-C. I use it. I said, Lord, help me to diligently obey and observe carefully what you say, how my life is how I lived that day. You know, it's, it's a scrutiny that you and I have to make to observe carefully. We must be careful in our life, minute observation of our own life before God in the light of God's word. When we do that, we will be able to hallow God's name and we, are, we have to pray for that. Jesus said, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Yes, we can worship God, we can praise God, it's part of it, but one of the things that I wanted to emphasize is, is to obey God. And God gets the praise by the way we live in this world. We live in such a way that people will see our lives and glorify 
God. Glorify God. Glorify God. May God help you and me. The way we live will inspire others to love God. The way we have a passion for God, the way we have passion for his presence, the way we have passion for his word, may it inspire and you know, motivate others to have a desire and a love for God. And in that passage, he said, thy kingdom come. First is he said, first seek the honor of God and honor for God. That's the point. You seek the honor of God and honor for God by the way we live. And then he said, thy kingdom come. Matthew also records, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And we ask his kingdom, will and power to rule as rulers first and foremost, and then rule the world that we're living in. God has planned to come and rule this earth. It's the same. You have to pray. He's telling us, pray. Lord, let your kingdom come. Now, rule me, rule our church, rule our community, rule the world. May your will be done in my life and in the lives of the people. And uh, we find that in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15, as pastors preaching and teaching on Revelation, he will come to that where it says, the angel is saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. It starts with praying, you and me praying. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Lord, in my life, in this world, and as we begin to pray, the kingdom influence will spread. And one day the angels will bear witness and say, the kingdoms of this world has become the kingdoms of God and his Christ. Lord and his Christ. Luke chapter 11 and verse 3, Jesus said, give us each day our daily bread. It's a simple prayer and uh, a mistake in praying that prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Oh, we have basic needs, everyday needs, and we can be satisfied with what we have and then we become move to greediness and seek for an extravagant living. I'm not saying you should not plan for your future. You should not plan for your rainy day. Bible says you have to plan all that. I'm talking about that basic need, whether we are satisfied, but we want to be greedy, greedy, extravagant lifestyle. And uh, God gave manna to the uh, people uh, and quails each day for the people in the wilderness. The physical care is important. And the Bible does not underestimate the need uh, for that. But generally, man moves beyond this need to greed. God is saying, no, I don't want you to be greedy. I want you to be trusting me for your needs. For your needs. Proverbs 3, 30, verse 7 and 9. Uh, the, the Proverbs uh, writer, the wise man, he said, two things I have to ask of the Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Do not refuse me before I die. Give me falsehood. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. And then he says, give me poverty. I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Uh, again, I repeat, I'm not talking about having money for the rainy day or planning for the future. The Bible says all that. I'm talking about satisfied with the need to greed. There's a comparison. I'm sure you understand that. And give us our daily bread. It goes beyond our physical need to the spiritual need. Uh, we can take this verse as asking God to give us a daily bread as well as daily spiritual bread, food and nutrients that nourishes our soul. The word of God, the presence of God, the fellowship of people. These things will nourish our soul, strengthen our soul, build our soul. We learn from each other. We, we share with each other, this is my need. And uh, as your confidence grows, you can share even other things and ask them to pray. And God will begin to build us. 
and uh, uh, I uh, I know well the condition of the soul that seeks God's bread every day and a soul that does not seek God's bread every day. I'm talking about when I say bread, I'm talking about the spiritual bread, spiritual manna. I speak from my own experience. When you begin to seek the spiritual manna, God takes care. God satisfies. God satisfies. And God builds it up. Each day, every single day, every single day, God says, I will provide. Every single day, you and I have to go. The manna was collected every day. The quails were collected every day. Otherwise, it begins to sink. But for our spiritual life, we, you and I need to digest every day what God gives. And we will grow. In the prayer life, we should concentrate on God's word nourishing us. And uh, David Wilkerson, a man of God, whom God used powerfully and wonderfully, he said that he has met many servants of God in his ministry who tell him, Pastor David, I have no time to read the word, to pray. I'm so busy. Appointments are so much. I'm very, very busy. And David Wilkerson was a man. Some of his messages you should listen in the YouTube. A man who could really challenge us about the judgment of God, the fear of God. Many times we are always comforted by comforting words. Good. But here is a God. Here is a man of God who talks about the judgment of God. He was the man who was the founder of Teen Challenge. And he says, there are many servants of God who tell him, and he says, I feel sad to hear that. I feel sad to hear that. My dear brother, my dear sister, in the midst of all our busy schedule every day, what is the time we have for God? And in John chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus said, Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Labor not for the meat that perishes, but for that meat which endures for everlasting life. May God help us as we listen to this word to give more focus on nourishing our souls than anything else. There was a person in Congo. She was a missionary many years ago in the old Congo called Zaya. Her name is Helen Rose. And um, in that mission station, there was a young girl who gave birth, second baby birth, but she died. So the baby had to be kept in an incubator. And uh, the baby was premature. They had the incubator, old incubator, but they did not have hot water bottled. So they know what to do. In the mission station, there were a lot of young children. And uh, he, she told those young children, can we all pray? And one little girl prayed. And this uh, lady who died, she had an elder daughter and she gave birth to the second one and she died. And both uh, the elder one also was very small. So one of the little ones who prayed for a friend and for a friend's sister newly born, she prayed like this, Father, give us a water bottle. We need it desperately. And then she also said, Lord, also send us a baby doll. We want a doll because the elder sister will feel lonely. We want a doll for her. And it's a very simple prayer in faith. And they closed the prayer. And that afternoon, they received a parcel from England. And they opened. And all the children gathered together. They opened the box. And they were taking out. There were clothes and they were taking out. And underneath, they found a water bottle. The girls who prayed, especially the little one who prayed, eyes lit up and she was so excited. She said, oh, God heard our prayer. Then she suddenly remembered the second point. She said, oh, I asked for the doll. I'm sure God has sent a doll. She opened up and she also found a doll in that box. And that missionary shed tears and she says, God, nearly five months ago, God had spoken to some elderly ladies there in, in that nation to pack, knowing the prayer request of the little girl, five months hence, 
God has already prepared to answer. Yes, before we, before we call, he answers. This is the point. And for our physical need, and he will do this for our spiritual need. The next one is prayer, pardon and protection. Here, the Bible says, uh, Jesus prayed, Luke 11 and verse 4, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Forgiving from the heart, yes. Forgiving those who sin against us. The Bible says no one is perfect. 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, is faithful and just to forgive, forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our continued relationship, fellowship with God as people of God depends on this important truth. The heart of it is this, forgiving others. It's a huge challenge. Our mind is, can forget many good things, but some of the pains and hurts and evil of others against us does not get erased easily. And Jesus placed this in his prayer. He says, forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sins as we forgive the sins of others. The catches as we forgive others. Forgive my sins as I forgive my brother, my sister, my husband, my wife, my children. It's a huge challenge. The heart has to be really worked on by the Holy Spirit. It has to be broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can justify bitterness. We can justify hurts. We can justify doing evil for evil because we are humans. But we have a God who's living in us and he wants us to work on that. Humble ourselves. A six-year-old was reciting the Lord's model prayer. This one, I mean, uh, the Lord's prayer. And he prays like this. And forgive us our trash passes as we forgive those who passed trashed against us. Forgive us our trash, T-R-A-S-H, passes as we forgive those who passed trash against us. Trash against us. So we are humans. When people pass trash to us, we want to pa pass the trash to others. But Jesus is saying something else. Jesus is saying something else. Forgive. Forgive as you want forgiveness. And the psalmist said in Psalm 66 and verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The Lord will not hear me. Having a clean heart is a huge challenge in this world. Competitive world. In this world where today the job market is very volatile. It's very challenging. People will have a job, will not have a job. Why? Not because you are not able to do it. It's because of somebody else who is jealous, wants to put you down, chase you out, find satisfaction. It started long ago between the first two brothers, Adam and, uh, sorry, Cain and Abel. It has not changed. So in the midst of all this, in the families, this is happening. We have to really ask God how we can forgive and may the Spirit of God deal, deal with us. God sees our heart through and through. And here you find through the cross, we can see every one of the people who hurt us. The cross seems very glorious in our church, in other places. We, we have also songs about cross, wondrous cross. Yes, it's a wondrous cross, no doubt. But you know that cross was meant to, was a symbol of torture and death, open shame, 
place of cruelty, mockery. And in that cross, Jesus died. And may we look to Jesus, the suffering that he went through and ask him, Lord, you took that so that I can be changed. And Proverbs 3 and 3, the writer of Proverbs said, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. So you will find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Think of it. Look at the words carefully. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Why? Why? The answer is given there. So we will find high esteem in the eyes of God and in the eyes of fellow humans. It's a powerful word. God will esteem you and me highly when we are able to hold on to mercy and show mercy to others. Lead us not into temptation was another point he prayed. Asking God to keep us from the evil that surrounds us. Everywhere there is filth, there is evil. It becomes, uh, some of the things are getting legalized. Some of things are, you know, is going into the hands of small children. You don't want it. It just comes and lands in, onto your mobile, onto your, onto your Facebook account, onto your, uh, onto, your, uh, onto your other devices. And Jesus says, we are tempted by our own lust. Devil knows, the demons know, the power of evil knows what is our taste, what is our appetite. And the Bible says we are tempted by our own lust and drawn to sin. So you and I have to really pray, Lord, keep me from temptation. And Matthew prayed and said, Lord, deliver us from the evil one. Yes, evil, Jesus, God said, evil is lurking at your door. The door of our heart, evil is always lurking. Before opening the door, we have to really ask God to give us the grace to not to entertain that evil, to throw that away. And Jesus said, my son, my daughter, my disciple, I want you to pray that you will be kept from temptation and you will be away from evil. And there was a 92-year lady named Pauline Jacoby, 92 years. She, in Tennessee, in the US, she bought some grocery. She goes to a car and she keeps it in the car. And just before she could start the car, a man comes into the next seat. He holds a gun to a 92-year-old lady. This guy holds a gun, says, I have a gun. I will shoot you dead. Give me your money. This lady looked at her and looked at him and said, no, I will not give you your money. Give my money. She told her three times. And then she, then she told him, look, my Jesus is me in this car. You can't shoot me. This man became nervous. He looked around who this Jesus, he never knew, he heard of Jesus, he never knew Jesus, he looked around. He got scared. And then she told him, listen, you can shoot me, take my money, but I will go to heaven. But you, if you don't repent, you will go to hell. So the life there is more worse than what it is now you're going through. So you have to choose whether you want to kill me and you go to hell and I go to heaven. I'm already 92. Decide. This man begins to weep and she tells him about Jesus. And he says, I'll go home and pray. She said, no, pray here. And all that she had was $10 bill. She takes that money, gives to him and tell him, go. And this man trembling moves out of the car and he goes. My dear brother, my dear sister, God will keep us from the evil one. When? When we are with a good one all the time. The best one all the time. Evil. Evil. Evil will lurk. Evil to sin. Evil to harm us. But when we are with a person who is so good all the time, he gives us protection and confidence. And here we find this 92-year-old lady, she never budged. She stood firm because of her confidence of the closeness of Jesus with her.
and the fourth one is prayer and persistence you read that in luke chapter 11 verses 5 to 10 and uh, you can read it later uh, this passage and uh, here you find there are a few words which i wanted to highlight in verse 5 it talks about a friend coming at midnight and then asking him to lend a bread and in verse 7 this man replies he says no my children are in bed and i can't get up i'm also on the bed i can't get up and then in verse 8 he says uh, jesus said even though he may not get up and give him for a shameless audacity this man is saying for your shameless audacity it he will give up get up and give as many as he needs there are a few things I wanted to highlight because I wanted to run through. You can read this passage later. He talks about a friend coming and asking for food. And then, verse 5, it tells us, suppose a friend comes and there is a friend in need. But in Luke chapter 18, verses 7 to 9, uh, Jesus said, And sure not God avenge his own elect who cry day and night unto him, Though ye bear long with him, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on face on the earth. Now, in this Luke 18, which the, it's not there on the screen, Luke 18, it talks about an unjust judge. This man says, This man is looking, calling me and asking me, troubling me, so let me give him justice. An unjust judge giving justice. A friend who's sleeping gets up and gives. But you can compare this with our Heavenly Father. A friend will get up and give from his bed. But a Heavenly Father who does not sleep. The Bible says in uh, John uh, in uh, Psalm 121 verses 4 to 7. He does not sleep. Neither slumber. And he can be awake all the time. Not like a friend who can sleep when we are in need, but a, a God who can be alive night and day, who can be awake night and day to answer our prayers. And not only that, the unjust judge wants to give justice because somebody comes and asks him persistently for help. How much more a just judge will answer us? He will do it. He says, lend me loaves, three loaves, and our Heavenly Father would like to give us freely. So compare this. Friend who sleeps, a God who does not sleep. A friend who comes and asks, lend me, a God who gives us freely. An unjust judge who could still get up and give justice. On the other side, we have a just God who will hear our cry. Yes, persistence pray, pays. Perseverance in prayer all alone gets the results. Now note that we, can't, we cannot change God's mind. But our persistence in prayer changes us and helps us to focus on God better. When you and I begin to persistently come to God, over a certain need, spiritual or other needs. We are able to not change God's mind. No, but we become persistent in prayer. We, it changes us. Our perspective changes. And our focus on God becomes clearer and stronger. It helps us to understand and express the intensity of our needs and others needs through continued intercession it helps us understand and express the intensity of our needs and others needs through continued intercession galatians chapter 4 and verse 19 paul said my little children for whom i labor and birth again until christ is formed in you and then he talks about to ephesians in 4 verse 13 he says, the fullness of Christ can fill you. This should be a struggle in persistence. And see the transforming power of God through Christ effecting a change in and through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. My dear brother, my dear sister, 
Christ to formulas. Don't give up. Persistence in prayer. If your friend, Jesus said, comes and asks, or you go to a friend and ask, he may not get up and give you as many as you need. But because of your shameless audacity, you come back again and again and ask him, he will give. A bread which perishes. How much more God will work in you and me. Something which is unperishable. And we have to look to God for this. And God will do this. And I had a experience when I was a young Christian growing up or, you know, even a little later. And uh, we used to have all night prayers. And there were two people constantly. They did this. Whenever the prayer point starts around 11 o'clock, both of them will compete with each other to pray first. And the other one will pray second. And there will be some gang, some, some people there. And it will go up to at least 1 o'clock for the entire group to finish prayer. 11 o'clock, we start one by one, we'll pray. So these two people will pray first and then they will go off to sleep. Why? For another two hours, they will sleep. At 1 o'clock, you know, you, we used to have metal chairs. So in the prayer, we will take one car, a scooter key and tap, tuk, tuk, and they will get up. And then they will say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You know, many of us are like that. We go to God, give him a request and then sleep off. When I say sleep, I'm not talking about physical sleep. I'm talking about, you know, spiritual sleep. We just keep it quiet. But God says, no, come, persistent. If you want a transformation, you want, I want you to come back to me. I want you to show your earnestness, your focus, your faith, your confidence. And that answer will be the most sweetest for you and me. And finally, this point I wanted to give and close. Prayer and prayer, a prayer and power. If you read from Luke chapter 11, verses 11 to 13, I want to read to you. Which of you fathers, if your sons ask for a fish, will you give them a snake instead? Or if you ask for an egg, will give them a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Bread stone, fish, snake, egg, scorpion. My dear brother, my dear sister, he started by teaching them, pray, Father in heaven. And then in the previous point, I said, a friend, we can go to a friend and ask, and a friend will give what he can give. But here he comes back to a relationship that's so precious for God to explain. He says, a father and son relationship. Which of you fathers, when your son asks, will you give differently? And uh, God says, I am a God, a creator, I am your father. Many of us keep forgetting this truth. Yes, he's a God, holy God. I said he's a, uh, he's a, he's a holy God. He's a God of judgment. But also let us not forget he's our father. We should have both the perspective on a balanced way. One should not outweigh the other. He is a God of justice, judgment, holy God, but he is also a father. And friends can help us to a certain level, but only a loving father can give his inheritance to his children. Friend can never give. Very rare, but a heavenly father is the only one who can give the spiritual inheritance for you and me. And uh, we can learn to appreciate God just and as a just God, a fair God, but also as a loving father, except through intense prayer. When you and I begin to pray, when you and I begin to grow in the fellowship of God, we will begin to see him on one side as a holy God. On the other side, we will see him as a loving God, a father. And I call it as a graduate, this prayer as a graduating prayer. In the initial areas we prayed was a different prayer. But now we graduate to a different level and say, Lord, give me 
your life, your Holy Spirit. I want to enjoy the life that you have for me. We graduate from basic needs to kingdom glory. Matthew 5 and verse 18, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When we say see God, it means to experience God. Experience God in our life, in our prayer time, through prayers. My desire, our desire, pastor and me, when we join together to pray, and of course, when we join with others and pray, our desire as a community is all of us will have this graduation from basic needs, graduate to the kingdom interest and say, Lord, help me to pray that prayer. For from the time of baptism until the end of his life, next slide, we see the prayer life of Jesus. And in case your prayer life is shallow, you mouth few words for your needs and nothing more, then you, are, you should ask God, like the disciples, Lord, teach me to pray for a higher life. I remember the story of Alexander the Great. One day, Alexander the Great, along with his generals, other generals, he was walking on the streets of Rome. A poor beggar looked at him and said, Alexander the Great, give me something, I'm hungry. Alexander gave him a money that was too much that normally a person will give for a beggar. He gave him a bundle of currency. One of the generals touched Alexander the Great and said, Alexander the Great, you know what you're doing? You're giving so much to a beggar. He looked, Alexander the Great looked and said, yes, he may be a beggar asking and begging. But this is Alexander the Great giving. This is Alexander the Great giving. I remember this always. And the story that Jesus said. The dogs eat of the crumbs. The bread on the table is for his children. Today on the table, God has kept for all of us the spiritual bread. Everything that we need, marmalade, jam, butter, bacon, sausage, ham. He has kept fried egg, poached egg, boiled egg, scrambled egg, omelette. I'm sure some of your mouths are watering already. Sorry, I can only tell it over the screen. And that was the thing. That is the thing that God has kept. We have to move from saying, Lord, give me crumbs to say, Lord, I want to sit on the table. Give me that grace to eat what you have kept for me. This is Alexander the Great giving, he said. How much more our God will give for you and me. Let's close our eyes and look to God in prayer. Hallelujah. I want you, my dear brother, my dear sister, to turn your hearts to God and tell the Lord, Lord, I want to graduate in my prayer. If you have not learned to pray, tell him, Lord, teach me to pray. Jesus immediately taught his disciples. That's beauty with God. A sincere request. He answers and he taught his disciples. I want to urge all the dear ones who are watching. Nearly 39 people are there on different screens. I mean, 39 screens are opened. Every one of you who want to say, I want to learn to pray. Tell God, Lord, I want to learn to pray. Teach me. Teach me, Lord. And those are already praying only for your basic needs and for your family and for your job, for your protection. Tell him, Lord, I want to move ahead. Graduate to pray for your life to fill me. Lord, a life that only you can give, help me. He will do that. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Father, we thank you that we could come into your presence this morning to worship you. You're a faithful God. Lord, we sang, saying you're beautiful God. Lord, you are 
wonderful, you're marvelous. We sang you're powerful and glorious. Lord, I pray that all those who are watching this service will never just sing these songs and leave it there. But all of us will experience your faithfulness, your beauty, your wonders, your marvelous grace, your powerful presence, and your glorious life that you want to give us. Build our prayer life. Teach us. Graduate us. Help us. As we're going to take part in the Holy Communion, Father, I pray that you would make this service a blessing to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.